Welcome to Sports Weekly with Ayaz Memon. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Sports Weekly with Ayaz Memon. Action all around the cricketing world, all around the sporting world. Uh, but let's get started with the IPL and well, everyone's followed the games, so they will definitely be aware of the results. But we want to dive a little deeper and ask a few key questions. So before we get started though, here's Ayaz. Thank you, Mr. Fantastic. It's been, you know, about almost 10 days, I think, that the IPL 15 has started and we've we've had a roller coaster ride. Now, I know it almost sounds, sounds like a cliche to say that because every season there are massive swings up and down uh, once the league begins. But this year is a little unusual and let me explain why. And that might also explain why we are seeing these, uh, you know, we are seeing so much volatility in the points table. One is that there are 10 teams, not 8 teams this time. So, what it means is that the spread of talent is wider uh, and most of the teams have been recast. So, all these 10 teams are settling in or settling down and it's taking them a little while. So, for instance, just to give you an example, CSK defending champions are without Faf Duplessis, Josh Hazelwood, Chardul Thakur, who were, so, who were instrumental in CSK winning the title last season. They're not there. They're now with the different franchises. So, CSK is looking shallow, hollow and vulnerable. They've got a new captain, Ravindra Jadeja. Moin Ali has come back and joined the team after the first match. Uh, but they just don't seem to be able to get going. They've lost three matches on the trot. Uh, Ruturaj Gaikwad, who couldn't put a foot wrong last season, hasn't been able to put a foot right this season. So, what's coming up is that they're not getting enough runs in the kitty. When they are getting, when they make 200+, plus, it's being chased down because they don't seem to have the bowling to defend uh, these runs. So, I mean... This is a problem for CSK. They've lost three matches on the trot. And remember, these are the defending champions. Then you've got Mumbai Indians, uh, five times former champions. They've lost two matches on the trot. It's not, it may not look as bad as CSK's, but when you compare uh, or you consider that actually, you know, CSK has lost more valuable players. Mumbai also have lost players. Trent Bolt is not there. Uh, he's a major loss to the team, as I would imagine. Uh, but they've been able to retain some of their, you know, Rohit Sharma is there, Surya Kumar Yadav is there, Jaspreet Bumrah is there, Karan Pollard is there. The Pandya brothers are not there. So, they are also finding it a bit difficult to get started. It's almost like spot jogging for them. They haven't been able to travel any distance at all. And this is more or less true of teams which were stronger. Uh, you know, they've lost key players and therefore the new teams... Two new teams in the fray, Lucknow and Gujarat, and the other teams who benefited or at least were smart enough during the mega auction have been able to fetch some really important and you know crucial players, and therefore they are shaping quite well. Some others didn't, and they are struggling. Let me name two more teams which are struggling: uh, Sunrisers Hyderabad. They are bottom of the points table, uh, and they they really didn't look the part. I know it's a little harsh to say too too many harsh things about a team which has played only one match. But if, uh, you know, the manner in which they lost to Rajasthan Royals suggested that SRH are going to have an uphill task, uh, it, it, they just didn't, didn't look the part. Also, RCB, Royal Challengers Bangalore, still seeking their first ever title. Uh, they've got Fav Duplessis, new captain, former captain Virat Kohli, both in decent touch, not in match-winning form. They also scored 205 in the first match, couldn't defend it. The bowling with Harshal Patel, who was the... Uh, who had taken the most wickets last season. They were Mohammad Siraj, who's an India regular. They just didn't seem to be able to... They, they, they won the second match against KKR, but only just. 
struggling, huffing and puffing to get 128. Now, I know that uh, Glenn Maxwell and Josh Hazelwood, their overseas recruits, are still to join them. Uh, it'll take them a couple of days, I think, once they, co- they have commitments for Australia over. So the team should become stronger. But the point I'm trying to make, larger point, is that all these high-profile teams are struggling. Struggling for the simple reason that the regular talent is not around, is being spread far and wide. And teams that have benefited are teams like Rajasthan Royals, in my opinion, the best performing team so far, because they've not only got Joss Butler and Sanju Samson from the previous season, but they've also got Shimran Hetmeyer in the batting. Then they've got Trent Bolt in the bowling. And then they've got Yuzvendra Chahal and R. Ashwin in the bowling. So the team suddenly, which was didn't look impressive last season, has looked extremely good this season. Also, Gujarat Titans. So, just to add, yeah. Sorry, just to add to the Rajasthan Royals point you're making. Um, do you think it's fair to say? I mean, it's still early. They've all played like two or three games at the most. But are are the Royals, the KKR, and the Gujarat Titans uh, among the early favorites? Just looking at team composition and the fact that they seem settled. Yes, I would go with that. In fact, I would say that you know Rajasthan Royals have won both their matches. So do Gujarat Titans. KKR have lost a match, but they've looked a very competitive team. And that comes largely because of their bowling. And remember, they've still been without Pat Cummins. Uh, the batting needs a little more muscle. I don't mean Russell's muscles, but also other players to stand <laughs> up and be counted, like Venkatesh Ayer and some of the others. Nitish Rana, who've been regulars, they need to start contributing. But Andre Russell has been a revelation uh, in uh, at least in one match that he's played. It is because of him that they won that match. He hit some eight sixes. Uh, and then they've got Sunil Narayan. That was violent. That was violent. That was brutal. It was brutal. I mean, that's that's the. I mean, you might say that that's the hallmark of Andre Russell, but it's not a pleasant thought for the bowlers. Uh, but also, I think Sunil Narayan and uh, and Varun Chakravarti have been very good with their spin. Uh, Tim Saudi has been of uh, invaluable for for KKR. You know, he's 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 actually uh, was not the first choice fast bowler. Uh, so you know, I think what has happened is. Or what is emerging clearly is that the matches are being played at the Wankhede Stadium, at the Brebon Stadium, at the G.Y. Patel Stadium in Navi Mumbai and the, and, and, the, and the stadium in Pune. And all these pitches, what we've seen so far in evidence, these are absolute flat tracks. And to succeed on flat tracks, it needs extreme accuracy, control, a lot of skill. Of course, a little luck too. But you need to be clever with your variations, with your improvisation, especially as a bowler. And I think the teams which have got the bowlers who can do that are looking like they will go f- further ahead in this tournament rather than some of those who don't have these kind of bowlers. So, for instance, KKR, like Sunil Narayan and uh, Varun Chakrabarti, I mentioned Team Saudi, Pat Cummins is going to add a lot more heft. Uh, you've also had Yuzvinder Chahal and Ashwin and Trent Bolt uh, who've been, who, who form a magnificent trio. Gujarat Titans has, apart from Hardik Pandya himself, they've got Mohammad Shami, and they've got Rashid Khan. Now, these three bowlers have been brilliant so far in the two matches that uh, Gujarat Titans have played. So, these are the teams that are doing extremely well. As you mentioned, it's Rajasthan Royals, Gujarat Titans and uh, Kolkata uh, Knight Riders. Lucknow Super Giants, you know, haven't done badly after the first match setback. Uh, they chased down 210 made by CSK. Punjab have looked very strong in the batting. They also hammered CSK. CSK is getting hammered from everywhere. So last year, when CSK was being touted as the dad team, but they defied the odds to win the title, this year they may not be able to do so with the whole uh, age setup happening. I mean, do you think the age is showing on their team? 
I think it's just catching up in batting and and uh, in the bowling. Look, I mean, among them, among the most successful batsmen has been Robin Uthappa, who's forty. Uh, Dhoni has got some runs, and he's forty-one or forty-two this year. I think they are also struggling in the bowling. Apart from Ravindra Jadeja, who's obviously their key bowler, he's a premier all-rounder, but he's not had much impact as a bowler or as a batsman. So they are really missing a stellar performance from Jadeja, uh, and they're re- relying. for runs on ambati raidu ambati raidu has been around for 15 16 years in domestic cricket rutraj gaikwad has been the big disappointment i think that uh, he needs to step up so to moin ali he needs to be far more consistent uh, as he was last season so you know he, he had a decent outing in the first match he played in the second he got a blob but that kind of a you know up one day down the next is not going to help the cause of of csk the other thing which i mentioned at the start and i wanted to mention here that the competition this time is really intense now let me put that in perspective every year so far there have been eight teams uh, for most seasons i mean occasionally we've had a couple of or 10 10 teams in the past in the ipl usually it is eight teams four teams will go to the knockout so you you know the competition was there but it is not it was not as intense as it is this year this year there are 10 teams in the fray of which only four will go into the into the knockout so the the passage through the knockout is going to get very very difficult and you know there was this there's this buzz uh, around in, on on the circuit that mumbai may have lost two but don't forget in the past also uh, they they had a very bad losing streak and then they went on to win the title i'm afraid that kind of logic will not hold will not hold good uh, all the time it may have held good once maybe twice but especially in a redefined scenario where there are 10 teams in the fray the teams have been recast you don't have your regular players uh, who you could call on or you relied on so a lot of settling in has to take place and that has to take place quickly enough and that's where i feel teams like csk and mumbai indians have already got off on a on, on the wrong foot absolutely and given the recomposed and the recast teams across plus the addition of the two new teams uh, i think there's been a lot of churn around captaincy i mean if we look back uh, csk has a new captain the two new teams definitely have a new captain rohit sharma is the one who's continuing uh, rajasthan royals have a continuity so how large a role is captaincy playing in recreating and reforging a lot of these teams and is that also starting to become apparent in the results i think as the t20 format has evolved over the last 15 16 years it's becoming becoming more and more clear that the captain is or the captaincy is pivotal to a team's success or otherwise so obviously if you've been captaining earlier uh, you're in a slightly better space than suddenly if you become captain because that means uh, two things one is to settle into the job uh, manage the responsibility and the nerves and the pressure the other is to find out the strengths and weaknesses of your players quickly enough to know how to use them now you know you mentioned rohit sharma who's obviously you know a seasoned seasoned and really successful captain uh, but he now has a bunch of you know virtually a, a new team so many new players in the squad that he also now has to learn uh, you know watching them as uh, as as the tournament progresses who can be good enough in what what situations and that is 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 going to take a little effort uh, and time so too for jadeja who was actually given the captaincy at the last minute uh, faf duplessis is a new captain you know and kk archeras ayer is a new captain while kl rahul was captain the previous two years it was for a different team he was playing for punjab this time he's playing for lucknow super giants hardik pandya he was so long in the shadow of uh, rohit sharma that he didn't have to bother about responsibility and accountability of players around him now 
he has to do it playing you know that he's captain of gujarat titans so all these are you know uh, stress these are stress loaded factors uh, where the captains are concerned and you know it it it, it seems to me that teams where the captains themselves settle down into a kind of a fresh or a new scenario uh, quickly enough is very very crucial absolutely another aspect is so we spoke about the difference in the format so there's 10 teams two groups one match only with the other teams in the other group uh, but the pitches so in, we had a dubai and the middle east format last year where the pitches were repeated but this time it's in india and have you been surprised with probably how sporting the pitches are where batsmen and bowlers both seem to be having an equal opportunity well certainly i mean look uh, one has seen indian pitches for so long over the past four decades and more that i'm not surprised that they're playing so true this is usually the case what i am surprised is that even pitches in at the brebon or vankhede seem to have decent bounce so far so there's enough help uh, for fast bowlers who are willing to bend their backs and then of course if there's a little bounce the wrist spinners get effective so you found that you, you found already the wrist spinners are doing extremely well in this tournament yuvendra chahal kuldeep yadav ravi bishnoi rahul chahar all these leg spinners are doing uh, very well some finger spinners also like sunil narayan ashwin but the wrist spinners certainly are uh and i think they're going to play an even more important role the spinners not necessarily or not certainly the pace bowlers as the tournament progresses because there'll be a lot of wear and tear on these wickets so uh i think one of the issues for the organizers for the uh, fixtures committee is ensure that the pitches just don't become dust bowls by the end of the tournament remember this is a very long tournament 74 matches so you know there'll be a lot of wear and tear and towards the end of the tournament Uh, you don't want pitches where it's difficult for batsmen or batting teams to last even 12 13 overs because then that would become you know so heavily loaded in favor of bowlers that it would take away interest from the contest absolutely well one last question for you on the ipl uh, do you think josh butler's performance against mumbai indians was one of the best you've seen in a long time it certainly was i mean you know he just uh, he just took them apart didn't he Mumbai haven't in the first match actually Mumbai lost against Delhi against odds against the odds and there we saw Lalit Yadav and Akshar Patel uh, taking on Jasprit Bumrah like nobody else had done in the last seven eight years maybe he just took the attack to Bumrah and succeeded uh, then Bumrah Bumrah being the great bowler he has recovered strongly enough and you know did extremely well in the next match but Josh Butler. Uh, the manner in which he batted now butler has always been seen as a very dangerous player if he gets going uh, he can demolish any attack and that's what he did that day but as as we, as we all know to destroy a mumbai attack is not so easy even without bolt and pandya brothers and so on so i i think that we are in for some interesting matches and i personally feel that with butler in this kind of form sanju samson you know is irrepressible the way he's been batting then they've got shimran hetmyer who looked so good in the middle order there's yashasvi jaiswal this is looking like a team to beat rajasthan royals because because they're very strong in the batting they're very strong in the bowling and they seem to have that energy and a buzz about them which is which is not just uh, uh, you know exhilarating to watch but it it's very dangerous for the opposing teams so go looking forward at the next say weeks uh, matches who are the teams you think can bring themselves out of this rut do you see a way back for csk i mean sure they won't go winless but do you think they have what it takes to claw their way back and make a fight of their title defense well i'm trying to think who can do it for csk and you know we can't go back to the old belief that oh dhoni dhoni will bail them out uh, dhoni with the bat is not 
you know, let's not expect that he'll be the player he was seven, eight, ten years ago. So the runs have to come from other players. Uh, Mohin Ali could be one of those because, but he needs to start playing more than cameos. He needs to be making very chunky contributions, like Frank Duplessis used to do last year, making 75, 80, 90, not 25, 30. That's what needs to be done from uh, the likes of Robin Utappa, Ambati Raidu, Mohin Ali, Ruturaj Gaikwar. Uh, really needs to step up. Jadeja himself, uh, batting, you know, he's batting uh, in the top order. So, he, he needs to be making 50-60s uh, rather than 8-10, 15 20. So, CSK have a have a task on hand, even in the bowling. I think Jadeja uh, needs to start, you know, picking up wickets. He has, to be a, he has to be a match winner with bat and ball. We haven't seen enough evidence of that. And that's really becoming a problem for CSK. They can't afford to lose three more matches and say we'll wake up a little later once things get, start getting better. They might not get better. They can only get worse if you start playing like that. Now, RCB, of course, also need to step up because uh, they, they'll have uh, um, Glenn Maxwell and Josh Hazelwood joining them soon. They've got one Hindu Hasaranga who's in good form. But I think the two heavyweights in the batting really need to do well. And that is Fab Duplessis and Virat Kohli. In the first match, Duplessis got a half-century. Virat got a 41. Looked in very good touch. But I dare say that neither looked to have that match-winning impact. And that's what the team really needs. Maybe a Maxwell can provide that. Harshal Patel and Mohamed Siraj recovered from a very poor first match to bowl extremely well in the next match. But uh, RCB need to get more from some of their experience and big names. I think the one guy who could uh, do a great amount for them is actually Jinesh Karthik. You know, he's he is not uh, given enough credit for his batting ability. He's been wonderful in previous seasons for the various teams that he's played. Uh, and I think we've seen in a couple of cameos already this season that he is up for the fight. Absolutely. And in terms of some of the other teams, which is the team you think can continue on this trajectory? Uh, there will obviously be the odd blip and drop of the game. But uh, what's what's your team to watch out for for the rest of the season? Well, I think Lucknow Super Giants is a very good team. They've got uh, good high-quality players. They've got uh, KL Rahul. They've got Ravi Bishnoi, they'll have Marcus Toynes joining them soon. They've got Avesh Khan. They've got Badoni, who's become Ayush Badoni, who's a youngster to look forward to. He's been very, he looked very, very promising. Uh, so, and and uh, I, I think that these are the teams, even Punjab. You know, what Punjab has is a, a very good opening pair in Mayank Agarwal and Shikhar Dhawan. Very busy pair. They keep the scoreboard ticking. And then they've also got strong finishers like Shahrukh Khan and Odian Smith, who can destroy an attack. So, you know, they, they, they've got a batting lineup that can set up a, a tempo and then maintain that momentum right through the innings. And that becomes very important in a T20 match. You can start well and then if you can't maintain or sustain that tempo, then you end up with a you know modest total, not a match-winning one. But in Punjab's case, they seem to have the batsmen who can, who can deliver. So, all in all, it's looking very interesting. See, right now, the laggards in the points table are Sunrisers Hyderabad, Chennai Super Kings and Mumbai Indians. And the top is Rajasthan Royals and KKR. The others are all in the, you know, in the middle band. And uh, there will be, I think, you know, there's a breakthrough possible for RCB. If they get the better of Rajasthan Royals, that will be a big win. If RCB can beat Rajasthan Royals, not only will they get two points, their net run rate will go up and they'll be maybe number three in the table, which is not a bad situation to be in after eight, ten days. And then hope that they can build from there. But I can tell you one thing, Mr. Fantastic, that over the next 10 days, we'll see a, it'll be a very bumpy ride for most teams. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, 
Rajasthan Royals look to me to be a cut above everyone else. But as we know, in the T20 format, uh, you could be up one day and down the next. It's a, it's a very fickle format. And two losses for Rajasthan could see them tumbling downwards. I hope it doesn't happen because they're a very exciting team to watch. But I, I do know that, uh, or I can predict without fear uh, of being proved wrong, that the next 8-10 days are going to see a lot of, uh, you know, topsy-turvy results. Absolutely. Uh, a little bit more on cricket, but going across uh, to the women's side. Australia has won yet another Women's World Cup. And I think I haven't seen a more dominant performance by any team, men or women. What do you make of that team? And to, you know, to be very honest, before we go on to how Australia did, a big, big uh, round of applause for England, who had lost their first three games and yet ended up in the final. Yes, and also put up a very stiff fight in the final. I mean, they were chasing 350+. plus. Uh, that's never easy in a, in an ODI match and especially in a final. But they may, they lost by 71 runs. But they gave some a bit of a fright to the Aussies. Full marks to England, as you mentioned. Defending champions showed a lot of spirit. But let's talk about the Aussies. What a wonderful performance by this team. Unbeaten throughout the tournament. Winning each match handsomely. The stronger the opponent, they just seem to get better. The bigger the occasion, they got better. Like a final, semi-final. They, put, they reserve their best for these big occasions. And I, I dare say, Mr. Fantastic, that this is perhaps the best ODI you know, Australian team uh, if you avoid difference in genders. I know that the Australian team which played under Steve Waugh and uh, Ricky Ponting uh, and when they won those you know, many titles, ODI titles, World Cups, uh, they were almost an invincible team. But this team might be a little better. This women's team. They also won the T20 World Cup last year, if you remember. So it's a it's a formidable team. They've got terrific batters from number one to seven. Uh, and if if you know if the top two or three flop, then there are the others who pick up pick up the gauntlet and you know put up the scores that can intimidate opponents. And uh, they've got a bowling attack which can get the best on any pitch in any any in all circumstances. They've got fast bowlers, they've got spinners, and they're a fantastic fielding time. And what I think is most impressive and perhaps the most crucial in uh, in understanding their their World Cup win is how hungry they are for success. They just don't seem to relent at all. Absolutely. Well, many congratulations to that team on outstanding performances. Let's hope that the Indian team can recover from its performance where they actually at one point had a bit of a chance to make the final four, but that heartbreaking loss to South Africa just ended any hopes. Yeah, I think I think the, where the Indian women's team is concerned, we've spoken about this, there's no question that there's a lot of talent in the country. I think it needs to be streamlined. I mean, the whole purpose of selecting and nurturing and picking players is to make sure that they deliver, they end up delivering uh, performances that can help you win titles. I think sometimes one wonders whether there is uh, enough thought given to that or are we still in that uh, you know, game of pleasing some people and not pleasing others. And then it becomes a whole political scenario which is highly avoidable. And I think that's something that Indian cricket needs to be on guard against. Absolutely. Well, moving on from cricket, there's obviously a lot of other action happening, especially in the world of football. And with that and a lot more, here's Samil Arora. Hi folks, Somal Rora here. Welcome back to the football section on Sports Weekly. We've got a lot to talk about in terms of the upcoming World Cup in Qatar and also about the Premier League. So let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about the World Cup. And I think this World Cup will be characterised by its big omission. And that has to be Italy. Italy, that's right. The Euro 2021 champions who only won that tournament 
I don't know, some six, eight odd months ago, are not going to be playing in the World Cup. They have failed to qualify. And of course, they lost recently to North Macedonia 1-0 in a really late thriller. But the point of the matter is, Italy had not been doing well for a while now. And it's just right now that you can see all the cracks finally being exposed to the surface because I think they had a bit of a Euro hangover. They didn't have a few great matches here and there. And after that, in the qualifiers, they just ended up facing North Macedonia. They lost that match. And then it all dawned upon to everyone that Italy was struggling over there. So, again, Italy are not going to be in the World Cup. They weren't there in 2018. They aren't there in 2022. I think this one hurts a lot more considering what they did in the Euros. But who's going to be there? Well, we do have the groups ready with us. Group A is going to be Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal and Netherlands, which is really great for the Netherlands. So it kind of becomes a bit of a fight between Ecuador and Senegal. And I think my pick would be Senegal for that because they've looked very good recently in all of African competition. Uh, Group B is going to be England, Iran, USA and one European playoff winner, which could be Wales or Scotland or even Ukraine for that matter. Group C is going to be Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico and Poland, where of course you clearly know which one it's going to be, right? There's going to be a really good chance of Argentina and Mexico going past, but Poland could offer some really strict competition over there. Group D is going to be fun. There's France, there's Denmark, there's Tunisia and there's going to be one playoff winner. We'll kind of get a better idea about who exactly that's going to be in a little while. Group E is also going to be Spain, Germany, Japan and another playoff winner. That's going to be fun. Now, the playoff winner here over here can be either Costa Rica or New Zealand. But seriously, whoever it is, they're just going to face a tough time because Spain, Germany and Japan seems like an absolute group of death, this one. Group F is going to be Belgium, Canada, Morocco and Croatia. Still rather fun one, this. Group G is going to be Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland and Cameroon. Group H is going to be Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay and South Korea. So those are our groups for the World Cup and we are going to see a few more teams qualify here and there as I previously mentioned in terms of the playoffs. But in general, the group with Germany, Japan and Spain seems to be so much fun. I can't wait for Qatar. And the fact that they've got air-conditioned stadiums, stadiums that can be packaged off and kind of folded away after the World Cup is done just makes it very exciting that not only are the groups and the teams and the football very, very exciting, it's just the whole event and how it's planned that seems to be so much fun as well. Yeah, there may be some human rights concerns, which are genuinely grave. But I think all across the sporting world, competitions and leagues and tournaments are just ignoring it. Be it Formula 1, be it WWE, if you'd like to call it a sport that way. Be it football, I think with all the teams going to Saudi Arabia recently for matches here and there. So I think the World Cup, it will initially have a bit of a human rights speculation, but it all just fades away at the end of the day, as it tends to do with most of these events, right? So really exciting groups, really keen to see how it plays out. And also in the Premier League, folks, there is a big story. Now, I'll give you a bit bit of an idea. As we've discussed consistently on Sports Weekly, Chelsea are facing a major issue with their ownership. Roman Abramovich has been forced to sell and there's been a consortium trying to decide who gets in and, and the government is trying to step in as well to decide the new owners. But ideally, it shouldn't quite affect them that badly on the pitch. But it has. Chelsea have been beaten 1-4 at home by Brentford. That's right. That Brentford. Brentford City. Brentford right now in the Premier League table are 14th. They just came into the Premier League this very year and they have beaten Chelsea who at one point seemed like championship contenders. Horrendous really the way this match played out for Chelsea. But in terms of quality football, you must watch it. Brentford just tore apart Chelsea over there. Then there was of course Man City beating Burnley 2-0 away. They keep the lead of the Premier League. 
Liverpool beat Watford 2-0 at home, so of course, they're still one point behind Manchester City. Tottenham beat Newcastle 5-1 in a really fun match. I mean, this was just a match to watch out for in terms of all the footballing action that happened. So check that one out in terms of how they beat Newcastle United, who just are struggling right now to even stay in the Premier League. Five different goal scorers for Tottenham, just a proper delight in the way they carved past. West Ham beat Everton 2-1 and Everton just now are in a bit of a struggling situation because there's a genuine chance that they might get relegated this year. But the final fixture that we have to talk about is Manchester United versus Leicester City. And I usually tend to tell you if there's one match of the week you want to watch, which one it should be. Well, I'll tell you if there's one match of the week that you shouldn't watch, it's this one. Terrible, absolutely terrible quality of football. And Gary Neville summed it up by saying that it seemed like he was watching a soccer aid match, which is a charity match that's played between old footballers. That, that's the kind of level of football that we got. It was a 1-1 draw. United just did not deserve to get even one point. But Fred, of course, scored a goal in the, in the second half thanks to a bit of an issue that, that was caused by Leicester's discipline. But in general, that was just a terrible match. Leicester had the control all around. They, they should have won this. They should have sealed this one. And United shouldn't even have gotten that one point. Well then, that's the Premier League and the football roundup done. Just a quick look at the table. As I mentioned previously, Man City still stay at top. Uh, Liverpool, of course, are second with one point behind them. Chelsea are now third, but there's, of course, one game in hand that they have to Tottenham. And they are five points ahead of Tottenham, so there's that. Arsenal are fifth, West Ham United sixth, and then there's Manchester United seventh with Wolves in eighth. Thank you for listening, folks. That's all from the football side right here. Bye-bye. Well, thanks so much. That was quite some action from around the world of sports. We'll be back with this and a lot more from the IPL. So remember to subscribe and follow us on your favorite podcast app. We'll be back next week once again with Ayaz Memon and Somila. Thanks a lot, Mr. Fantastic. Pleasure as always to be on the show. Catch up next week. <laughs>